Welcome to the BLC Connection Podcast. I'm Karen Wilson and your host for today. These small episodes will focus on local businesses that excel at particular things that can be utilized by other businesses. Today's guest is Julie Keel from Mountaintop to discuss a podcast that aids people looking for affordable housing on the plateau. Welcome, Julie. Hi, Karen. Thanks so much for having me on the podcast. I am delighted to be here. It's my first time being on a podcast um, since we've started our own podcast, The Housing Hub. So really grateful to be here. Well, I, I opened up probably a magazine. It wasn't really a magazine. It's a newsletter, uh, South Cumberland, I think, Um newsletter and you all were in there about the grants and stuff and I thought how innovative to start a podcast on housing we we thought so too so I'm I'm glad that you did too (laughs) I I was very impressed by that so first tell us about Mountaintop what what Mountaintop does and then talk to us about um, the affordable housing issue in our area sure so Mountaintop TOP stands for Tennessee Outreach Project, and we are located, our main office is in Grundy County, um, and we also have a facility in Van Buren County that operates just in the summer months. And we have been in the affordable housing arena all of our existence, um, almost 50 years. I think we're 48 years now. So getting close to a a big anniversary for us. And I've been at Mountaintop for 16 years, so I'm a transplant to Appalachia, but um, very much so um, appreciate, feel honored to be a part of this culture and invited into to my little community in, in Tracy City. It's where mm-hmm. that's where I live. Um, and so Mountaintop works in um, does home repair. So we're that kind of lane of affordable housing, which actually now with the way the housing market is to be able to do home repair is really important. I hear all my affordable housing developer friends being frustrated by the difficulty to develop affordable housing from the ground up. And so we're, we're kind of um, poised in a good place right now. Grundy County, we do, we do major and minor home repair year round. Mm-hmm. And that's where, um, that's where our main office is located and just where we're able to to do a lot of operations from. Um, But then we expand with our Van Buren County facility. We expand to seven counties in the summertime doing minor, major and minor home repair. And the main mode of um, the way we are, we're a partnership organization and ministry. Mm -hmm. And um, and so we don't do anything for free. People sometimes are surprised to hear that Mm -hmm. and say, nope, you just have to have the ability to partner with us, the desire to partner with us and have a need that we can meet. Um, And so some of of our grants do have an, an uh, income requirement, more stringent mm-hmm. requirements. Um, and so we'll follow that guideline. And if not, um, you know, just I need help with my with yard work. Mm-hmm. Yes, we can. We can do that. If you can help us out in some sort of way and, you know, I can cook a meal for the group that comes. So the neat thing Come about up, pay it forward, exactly. that person is giving what they can exactly. to contribute. Yeah. And it's that, that's our way of community development. We all we believe we all have an asset to give. Mm-hmm. And so pooling our assets, we tend to create something bigger than if we had just tried to do it, you know, go it alone. That's kind of our, our philosophy. It comes from our, you know, ministry framework of looking at the world and our, yeah, kinda, our role in that in that as well. So that kind of educates that person that you're um doing the work for on your organization and could even help keep them active mm-hmm. in helping. We see often that um that I was gonna say the other unique thing about us is that most of our labor is done through participants or volunteers. Mm-hmm. And so people pay to come stay at our facilities. And then we deploy folks into the community, working at homes where we've developed relationships with families, 
Um, we've matched them with funding. Um, done, they, they might have matched themselves with funding. We have uh-huh. we have self funded projects as well. But if you've done a, you know, a home remodel project recently, you know that really just even the, finding the resources oh, is yeah. overwhelming. F- finding a contractor, but yes. and getting on the list, but also which I say we we also have a, a long lead time, but also just you know labor sometimes is the more. Um, uh, expensive part mm-hmm. of that equation. Oh, definitely. So, so we do things with volunteer labor. And that also, um, a t- the ability then we have is to expand the impact of grant dollars. Mm-hmm. So we can make those go, go farther. Though we, we try to recoup some of our costs um, because labor right. is, you know, that's oh, very, right. very valuable. And mm-hmm. I think in the uh, nonprofit world, volunteer labor is undervalued it is. <laughs> by it is. our funders in the world of philanthropy. And so we'd like to, you know, to make sure people understand, like, that's a very valuable asset that and we I'm bring sure to the table. if you're doing... Um, major or minor renovation work things still have to be up to code they're mm-hmm. inspected it's not just you know uh, yeah a ramshackle job or Agreed. anything like that yeah and, and it really depends because some of the counties we work in we that they don't follow have not adopted a building code but mountaintop has mm-hmm. like oh, we good. we yes. build to and we tell our volunteers they're trained in that sort of way that um, we have a standard to which we build and we are going to maintain that so we're actually um General contractors. We have our contractors license at Mountaintop. So we operate um, in that sort of Right, right. So that makes you an expert in building, too. So Mm -hmm. you're not reliant on others to Mm -hmm. uh, do the job. You know it's a good job when it's done. So talk to us about how, um, just what the crisis is. Mm -hmm. I, I think sometimes... You know, if we've got homes and we've got a place to lay our head every night, we don't understand how hard it is to get affordable housing. Mm-hmm. Well, Karen, personally, I don't think that um, we have an affordable housing crisis. We are, it is a chronic issue in the mm-hmm. United States. And I know that even when I say affordable housing, that kind of pushes people, um, kind of politicizes the issue. And we don't see it in that sort of way. If you look at any state of human flourishing, eventually you're going to bump up against housing. So if you're in the world of trying to get a better job, if you're not adequate, adequately housed, you're eventually going to bump up against that. If you're recovering from um, substance use disorder, you don't have proper housing, eventually that's going to be a roadblock for your recovery. Education, if you don't have a place to lay your head so you're ready to go to school the next day, or even, you know, an environment in which to study. So every aspect of our lives, we bump up against housing. And so we have chronically under um, invested in affordable housing. And in rural places, that gets even worse because of just the way the funding flows in the United States. Um, I know specifically in Grundy County, Mountaintop, did a housing study in 2021 and we uncovered and I, I, you know, our, our data, um, I think is, I think it was done well and I think we could deep dive deeper into data, but that we, we need 660 housing units to meet our basic need in Grundy County alone. And so I know that, um, that is a lot more I, than what you'd think. Of course, I, Grundy agreed. is a huge County. It's very it spread out, very rural, right? 341 square miles. I think I've, I have looked at it so, so often. Yeah. So traveling from one end of the County to the other is, is difficult. And then where housing's located mm-hmm. it also in rural places, I think that that's important. Um, the other thing that I think has come to light, especially in, in the last couple of years, um, are folks that are un, housed or underhoused. Mm-hmm. And so we see that in overcrowding situations. We have 
probably over a thousand overcrowded housing units in Grundy County. And I know some people choose to live that way because, you know, living with multiple generations, helps taking with care of one another. Correct. Right. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. In my household, we currently have three generations, uh-huh. but we have enough bedrooms. Right. Uh, so, right. so that's fine. But there are, are cases where that is indicative of unhoused, underhoused. And so Mountaintop, that's one of the things we do address is overcrowding. But I think that that has become, uh, especially with other colleagues and social service agencies that people who don't have housing at all are we're seeing more frequently than we would um, in previous years. Mm-hmm. So that housing, I guess the current how two year crisis that really made brought to light what is going on with housing um, in the whole U- U.S. in affordability, it's difficult. True. Yes. And I would think that knowing Grundy County, um, of course, Tracy City, I guess, is what you might consider the the city of the camp. But you've mm-hmm. got so many different little communities mm-hmm. that kind of function uh, as little cities in themselves. Grootley and uh, Colmont, Altamont. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could go on and on. There's at least five or six, if not more. Is it? Do you have to, or is it difficult? I guess to uh, figure out how to work with each entity, or do you all mainly kind of? go through a certain, through Tracy City or through uh, Mon Eagle? So it's a yes and no thing. You know, that I think that um, rural places have the issue of being siloed, where we get good at what we're doing and then we don't work. It's harder because mm-hmm. we're separated to right. work with others. Uh, but I think in the housing sector, we've worked hard. Um, uh, Mountaintop in last year did uh, a ho- hosted a housing summit where we brought together local leaders and local social service agencies and brought in some outside insight to really center housing in the conversation. I think that has sparked a lot. And so um, it is a, it's a little bit of a, a struggle to keep up with what's going on in all of the across the whole housing spectrum from mm-hmm. you know a, a shelter for folks who don't have housing all the way to what is being built in the you know in the market rate. Um, sort of housing. And so I know that there there are gaps and it's always just asking the question, what's going on? What's happening next? What's good? You know, we hear about a developer coming in and does that move forward? And you know how slow things can move, not just in rural places, but in right. development and community mm-hmm. development, things move slow. So yes, it's it's a challenge. Uh-huh. I, I would think so. So we focused on Grundy County. Mountaintop, though, I was, you know, we talked about how many counties you all mm-hmm. function out of, especially in the summer, summer months. months. Yes, yeah. right. Yeah. There are maybe six counties. So we do um, Grundy, Marion, Sequatchie, White Warren, Van Buren, and Bledsoe. Okay. And so those last four are out of our Van Buren County camp. Mm-hmm. And then the other three, typically out of our Colmont, Cumberland Heights, Talk about communities. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> the unincorporated right. part of Grundy County. We're in the yes. Cumberland Heights community. And so um, we do have a big footprint uh, when we think about the summer. And, and mostly we do minor home repair during the summer months. So we have mm-hmm. our volunteers are youth, and they um, are better skilled at doing things. As technical as a wheelchair ramp, which I listen. Oh, right. <laughs> or, or even calculating stringers for a, a set of stairs. That's kind of outside of my area of expertise. Um, but we'll wash windows. We'll do yard work, we'll paint, you know, it's home preservation. It is. Safe entries and exits. And then we think about like, you know, when our yards look better, how we feel about our neighborhood Mm -hmm. or community 
or how we might better connect with our neighbors because mm-hmm. then we feel better about the state of, of our house. And I, and I was mentioning, we do see that often where, especially when we um, work with families multiple times, uh, longer projects where um, all of the sudden um, people feel like they can connect better in their community and they're in turn volunteering in places that they maybe would have not gone to had Mountaintop not right. been there. Not that we're saving the world, but that we just come in bringing some hope in a place where, um, you know, we've been long been a disinvested area of right, the U.S. Right. And we're and trying to invest. A lot of times you're talking about elderly people mm-hmm. or disabled people that are not physically able to do this Correct. kind of work on their own or they're on a limited income mm-hmm. and cannot afford to pay a contractor to build that ramp or, mm-hmm. you know, fix their porch, whatever it is that, that they may need doing. Yep. So you all partnered with quite a few people. Looks like it was probably a, a mass organization, Housing Swanee, <laughs> Green Spaces, Better Fi, uh, South Cumberland Learning Development Center, and the South Cumberland um, Community Fund to apply for this grant. Tell us how that collaboration started and, and all about the grant. Sure. So we had... Mountaintop had relationships with all of these organizations prior to you getting together and collaborating. Um, and it was probably, you know, the idea where three or four or five things were brewing and then they all coalesced around this idea. Um, one of the things I have to mention is the South Cumberland Community Fund hosted a colloquium last year at the University of the South, um, and they brought in Whitney Kimball Cole from uh, Rural Strategies uh, and other speakers and and there were, we, at the end of the colloquium, we were supposed to get together and collaborate. And this table is about housing and this table is about healthcare and this table is about education. So at one of the housing tables, this idea started brewing around, um, with housing Swanee and mountaintop and what something we could do together, um, can kind of continue that conversation. A mountaintop had Michael Walton, the executive director of green spaces come speak at our housing summit. And so we had a blooming relationship there, their education program, their advocacy work with housing and um, healthcare institutions is really interesting. Their, their workforce development program is fantastic. And so just a lot of assets there. Um, we've long been friends with the folks at before they existed. And so that's the Community Development Financial Institution, the Mm -hmm. CDFI in Grundy County, and they exist to eliminate um, predatory lending. And so we regularly talk about, yeah, how like micro lending around housing projects, um, what kind of avenues might be there, but they're fantastic with uh, financial education, which that piece I think is important when you're talking about housing. And then the South Cumberland Learning and Development Center is the old Grundy County High School that's mm-hmm. in Tracy yes. City. So glad to see that re, uh, revamped <laughs> and revitalized. Well, if you haven't been in there, uh, anybody who's listening to, uh, but uh-huh. uh, if you haven't been in there, please come and visit. It's also, it has another name, the Littell Parton Center um, that and that so that facility is under rehabilitation. It's um, over two two million dollars invested in that structure. Um, that project is over a decade old, and there's a great backstory that we have don't have time on this podcast to talk about. Um, however, the idea is for it to be a one stop stop one stop shop for social services and so the anchor tenant already volunteer behavioral health um there is uh, a 
uh, Catholic Charities. Um, there's an after-school program. American Job Center is in there. Um, they're working on rehabil- rehabilita- rehabilitating the second floor. Um, we'll have elevator access, so universal access in the building. Um, and so That's the housing great. hub, it will, we, we're there right now one day a week, but mm-hmm. we intend to be there five days a week as a drop-in center where you can come in and we can talk about housing um, because we've learned that there is not one thing that will fix this. There's mm-hmm. not one silver bullet. There's not one answer like a lot of cases um, with just, you know, our lives are complicated and mm-hmm. the world's complex. And yeah. so um, a place where you can come and, and talk through housing-related resources um, where you might already be visiting for um, I mentioned the free clinic. Um, there's a free healthcare clinic as well. So there, people are already coming there for services. I mean, that's where we'd like to see kind of a, you know, the housing hub have a physical footprint in that space as well. Right. And so the grant kind of has provided um, money for you all to provide all of these resources, I guess, mm-hmm. and, and and market this idea about a one-stop shop for you to come to at the housing hub mm-hmm. to, to help you with all that research. Correct. Yes. And so you mentioned that um, grant. And so we have a grant through the South Cumberland Community Fund, and it was a specific collaborative grant um, call for requests that um, was a part of their 10th anniversary celebration. And so um, we were delighted to be recipients of that for this project. And our physical deliverables are that someone you know, paying rent in a place where someone can come get some housing um, counseling. Also, we're building a website. So we're in the baby stages of that, just finding a person that can build a website, kind Mm -hmm. of take our idea from heads and concept and Mm -hmm. translate that into um, what happens on a computer screen is a challenge. And so we're working through that currently right now. Um, And our partners um, were talking about a few education opportunities that will happen. We want to get more regular with that, but mm-hmm. that's a capacity building area for us, oh, yeah. um, for, for any of us. So Green Spaces already does a bit of education and so does so does BetterFi. And so how can we kind of bring some avenues together where we're talking about um, housing along with financial education. Um, how do those two pieces fit together? Or um, uh, we'd love to do something um, with safe homes. And so how can we bring in more resources to make sure your home is safe, things that people can do on their own and build up that capacity to do some education. Um, and for people to know that, you know, that this is happening in a location where you can come or you can come to, mm-hmm. but then also with the website. Right. I, I'll right. tell you, our big dream is to have an app. We would love to have housing-related resources literally at your fingertips or even a kiosk that you walk into the building. You don't Mm -hmm. have to, you don't have to talk to a person or if someone's not there that you're able to click in um, through some demographic questions. How old are you? Where do you live? Are you a veteran? What is your income? How many people in your household? You know, those sorts of things. It can really guide people and direct them to a list of housing resources that's than helpful. Right. Um, right. So always know that those lists aren't always the most helpful. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you, you think you've hit the gold mine in information and then you hit the roadblock. Oh, oh it's not available in my county. Correct. Or right. Or you have to drive. You have mm-hmm. to drive 20 minutes or 40 minutes off the mountain um, right. or off the plateau area in seven different directions to mm-hmm. gather the resources that you need. Sounds like your demographic is a lot like ours in the fact mm-hmm. that you have to 
I'll call it market to these people, but you've got elderly, you've got young, you know, people with young families, and then you've got also young people who utilize apps and things like that. And you have to be able to get the information to them in whatever way that they uh, absorb it best, yep. whether it's in person or on the phone or coming in physically to the location mm-hmm. or through the app. Mm-hmm. Yep, lots of channels. I mean, I have a hypothesis that there isn't that there are lots of resources for housing, affordable housing, um, that don't flow in our area very well. And so, just want to champion those resources and get them flowing. That really are uh, some of them are even for moderate, moderately income folks mm-hmm. who just don't know or. That it's a little, I mean, it like I I would have a hard time with, you know, signing my name on the dotted line of a mortgage without well, doing right. a lot of research and said, figuring that out. There's predatory lending and things like that. I mean, mm-hmm. you always used to think and still do probably of HUD homes and stuff, but um, some people don't know about that or where mm-hmm. do you even begin? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, there's some mystery around a lot of it too. So, it is. Yeah. It is. Anytime you deal with the government and grants and just, I don't know. And then there is so there are so many opportunities for people to take advantage of that. Click on this. You're on a website that's going to charge you 30 yep. percent, you yep. know, which is probably not feasible for most anybody. So mm-hmm. um, so talk to us, I guess, about your goals. You mentioned the walk in center, the website. Um, and the podcast. Where are you all at? You know, I guess you got your grant maybe a year, almost a year, year ago. ago. Okay, yeah, I was thinking this is great because um, tomorrow I'm doing a little check in with the folks from the community fund to uh-huh. talk about where we are. So, um, so we're at the point of building a grant. We're in season two of our podcast, um, and our we're, our members are just built. We're having to do some back ends or behind the scenes stuff for the website. So what resources mm-hmm. are we like? Some things aren't even digitized that we, oh, you know, we yes, right. Forms and cl- you want it to click mm-hmm. here and go to the right place. Yeah. And, you know, there is a, there is thought that there could be some centralizing of applying for housing resources mm-hmm. locally and how to do that well, which, um, you know, which way does that work? And so all that stuff takes a lot more time than I ever, ever imagined. Um, mm-hmm. But I do think in the fall, you'll, we'll see, we'll be doing more um, education pieces. Um, we'll have in September, our housing summit will happen again. And that is, you know, if, if, if somebody works for an organization that serves people in Grundy, Marion and Franklin counties, we think that that's a place for resource, you know, gathering and networking. Um, there's again, a lot of synergy that happened there, side conversations, you know, things that weren't at the podium uh-huh, that right. just all of a sudden have blossomed into some cross collaborations that have, um, you know, been really fruitful and, and, uh, and it's, you know, people working in their sectors and um, doing those things well. So, I think that's in our, so marketing, well, you will see, we're still under, the housing hub is still marketed under Mountaintop. And mm-hmm. so we will eventually break off from that and have mm-hmm. our own channels with the website and be able to send people that direction and do a little bit more targeted sort of marketing that's not quite intertwined with the regular operation with Mountaintop. Right. And then so the housing hub can have, um, really have its own identity. But, you know, we, we're, um, steadily moving forward as we are all doing our regular jobs at the same time we're doing this thing that um, in cross collaboration but I can't say enough about how that work is important you know that you look at housing not just in its own silo but it's connected to 
health and health care and its workforce development and if you care about you know education reform if you if you care about any of the other facets of life you've got to count you've got mm-hmm. to care about housing too right yes I mean it's almost the essential block before people can move forward in thinking mm-hmm. about health care I mean it's even food might come oh, first yeah. but security. you know yeah. but but it's right there with it mm-hmm. you know to have a place to lay your head where you're safe mm-hmm. and you can get your rest so you can get up and go to school or go to your job. Um, So that comes first for sure. Um, Any advice to others on, you know, who have considered or maybe not ever considered a podcast as a means of getting their information out there? Because you and I talked, I mean, there's not a whole lot of people in our area. Podcasts are so popular, but Mm -hmm. in rural America, um, you know, it's kind of innovative. Yeah, I, I I think so, and I was surprised at how accessible this all was. So I should say that the that the housing hub was really the brainchild of my colleague Sophia Wickersham, who works with me at Mountaintop. And while I was over here trying to do a bit of housing counseling and be, going to community meetings, she had this kind of idea of how do we let let's coalesce these ideas, and the podcast for the housing hub really helped us push forward into that. Like it gave us a physical representation of what we were trying to do. And so um, we um, talked our boss at Mountaintop into letting us purchase podcast equipment. So headphones and microphones and then a platform. (laughs) Uh And we got good. She's actually located in Denver, Colorado. Sophia is. So we um, podcast remotely. Mm -hmm. And so that then that uh, for us, that was, you know, having people on remotely wasn't odd for us. Mm -hmm. And so she, um, she and I, I've done a few episodes where we've been in the same space recording, but most of our recording happens happens remotely. And um, I think just like, you know, hearing perspectives and, again, thinking about like housing um, in a way that makes that an issue for folks who've not had, a roo- had to think about a roof over their head is kind of part of what we're doing along with, you know, resource gathering and talking about. It. So in season two, we're going to do a kind of a recap. Where's the housing hub? work where mm-hmm. are we now and then um, we've talked to some uh, we have a staff that runs our summer operations and someone that an alum out of that that's working that worked in the housing field we've talked to him about his perspective and see some like compare and contrast since you've been in rural Appalachia doing housing and now you're in a more urban place kind of comparing and c- contrasting that um, we talked with the folks at the Isaiah 117 house and mm-hmm. um, that was one of the hardest episodes I think personally for me to record but to think about how how important it is for a roof over a child's head on their most adult day mm-hmm. um, we um, have talked to the coalition for home repair their executive director mountaintop is a part of that but just um, you know the importance of um, home repair and housing affordability that I mentioned. Um, we'll be uh, talking to the USDA in a couple of episodes mm-hmm. in season two. Our state mountaintop is a great relationship with USDA. Um, and so folks from the state level there um, talk further about USDA programs. That's one of my passions to get their, their products are great and get those pushed out. Um, right. Um, but we can. I will say too, you know, for businesses that are interested or never thought about podcasting, um, it is a, a very relatively inexpensive way to get the information out Mm -hmm. um you've got a little investment in mics and headphones and a recording system and then 
you know, I think about YouTube and a lot of people making videos and stuff, but this is something you don't have to. They can listen to it in their car. They can listen to it while they clean their house or do their yard work. You don't, you're not like bound to a video. You're mm-hmm. not thinking, um, you're not like needing all of this data to play the video. You're just listening, kind of mm-hmm. going back to just listening to a good story. Mm-hmm. So I think. Uh, anybody interested in that has consistent information that they want to get out um, is a podcast is a great way to do it. Yeah, I agree. And it also sets uh, for me, it sets what were the issue in the form of a narrative. And I think that that's the way we mm-hmm. learn and hear things well is in, you know, in, in a story and like telling a story about housing um, in, in different perspectives. And then you think too, you mentioned the USDA, you don't have to in your partner in Colorado, um, you can interview people from all over the mm-hmm. United States, all over the world. You don't have to physically be together to mm-hmm. do the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yep, bringing bringing people to the ta- the 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 virtual table. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So this is your second season. You kind of mm-hmm. went all, over all the topics, but um, we're just so thankful to have you all in our area. Mm-hmm. Uh, addressing the need of affordable housing and uh, doing it in rural America. Ben Loman Connect is such a advocate for rural America and rural Tennessee, and we love to talk to other people that are doing the same thing in a, in a different way. Well, I, you know, I think that there's no better place to invest than in rural America, um, specifically in Appalachia. But uh, you know, the investment of broadband. Let's just talk about that and what that <laughs> unlocks for people. Is it does pretty. Big, it's a big deal. It so. does. I know recently, you know, we love to think um, about broadband affordability. And and just on a side note, you know, we brought the price down of the um, gig to what we felt like was affordable to most anyone. And um, because not everybody, I mean, it's like a necessity right up there with like electricity now because Everything you do mm-hmm. from checking your pasta, it's all online. Mm-hmm. Um, and so everybody kind of needs that resource and we want to make it affordable. We're a cooperative and we love yeah. to, you know, owned by the people. We got to make it affordable for the people. Mm-hmm. Building on our assets. Well, I'll tell you, the Housing Hub podcast from this part of the U.S. runs on Ben Loman connects. So. <laughs> all Thank right. you, Ben Loman Broadband. Well, and two, what all are the resources? Spotify, um, all of the places that they can find the Housing Hub yep. podcast. So it's on um, Apple iTunes podcast, and then on Spotify and Housing Hub. Um, search for that. We should we should pop up. Also at the Mountaintop website, you can find a tab under our main menu for the Housing Hub. Okay. Or, a, or a, a link to follow for mm-hmm. the housing hub. It's just one page. And then at the bottom of that page, you'll see the links directly to our podcast. Well, we wish you the best of luck. I can't wait to Thanks, see your Karen. website built out well, and uh, listen to your your podcast continue and stuff like that. But thank you for coming down from Tracy City, I believe, mm-hmm. and uh, being our guest on the BLC Connection podcast. And we invite our listeners to tune in for future episodes and share this content with other businesses. Until next time, this is your BLC Connection.